page Reish Pei Ches. We're going into the first Emunavad. We had the introduction last week. Um, and a lot of it boiled down. We spoke about it actually in the context of Amen. Um, but we boiled down really three different buckets uh, that, that we're going to relate to Amuna. The idea of creation, right? That Kale is Chesed. Aleph is Kale. Mel- Amen is Kale Melech Neman. Kale, we said, represented Chesed. Elam Chesed Ibana. Right, so there's the fact that Hakadosh Baruch Hu created the world. There's relationship. There's melech. There's the, the fact that Hakadosh Baruch Hu gave us the Torah. There's a mitzvah. There's a commander and the commandees. This char va'inash or an active relationship with Hakadosh Baruch Hu. And then there's neman etchiasamesim. The fact that there's a goal. The fact that there's direction. There's design. The world is going someplace. And we, we uh, the, the idea that we actually spoke at last time, a person can't be thinking this at every single Amen, but we said maybe one per tefillah. Um, but the idea, and these really shadow the three, uh, the three categories of Ikrim, or if the Rambam's 13 Ikrim, the three buckets that they fall into, and we discussed that, um, we discussed that last time. It's going to be interesting because as we get to the fourth Shar already, he talks about, I think that there's, there's discussion about Bitachin. Uh, so there, there's a whole ma'aracha about pitachon, but now for the the vadaman amuna, these these are so hard because you have you have every, every time you walk into this farm store, there's another ten different titles on amuna, nine of which are like you know go you, you can't sell enough of it. So it's really just to see how he frames the vadim, keeping it keeping it uh, practical. Rabbi Lazar says havishakud lil matayra. One should be diligent to learn Taira. Vidama Shatoshiv Lapikaires, a person should know what to respond to an Apikaires. Vidalif Nemiata Omel. Umihu a person should know before who they toil. Umihu Bal Malachtacha, Shayesha Mukhaschar Pulasecha, that a person is going to get Schar. Okay, well we'll maybe speak out a drop on that Mishnah, but let's try to just see where he's going with this. Rebbe Lezeb Arach says Lev Tov. Now, as far as a Lev Tov is concerned, we said Rebbe Arach, So the Mishnah, the, the Mishnah discusses Lev Tov as uh, being it, and the the Bartinur over here says Lev Tov lefishia Levu hameniya lechol shar kochos vuhamakar shemimenu novim kol hapulosav. The lave is at the heart of it, right? No, no pun intended. The lave, the, the lave is where it's at. So, if a person develops the lave tov, this is this is this is what moves. This is what generates the koch, the kaiches. Everything comes from it. Okay, so. The, he goes on via dua kishleishes hadvarim. The Mishnah goes on and it speaks about these personalities that it, that it continues it continues on. Shekol echad mitalmidei Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai, Amalehem haderach ech magiim lo isam mila shiladaitem tsarachli dabek ba. The Shabbos ben Arach said Lev Tov. It seems to be that Lev Tov was out of the five out of the five uh, ideas that were discussed in the Mishnah. Lev Tov is 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 the one to focus on. And the, the, then the Mishnah goes on and it says Rabbalazar Aimer Havishakid Lamatora said what we started off with. These are the ways to get to a Lev Tov. So if these are the midas that a person should cleave to. And this is the way to get there. So now we have to focus on these things. Nimsa kirubelazar hisva lefanenu asaderach ketsed magiem lelev tov. How does a person get to a lev tov, which is the derach to cleave to? Anu mevinim ki ashkida lilimod tayra vayedia lefnei mi amelim mesugeles leavinu lelev tov. So we can understand that a person who has diligence and consistency in limod tayra. And an understanding, you know, for whom he's toiling, right? Purpose, not just that you're learning it. So this is going to be misugal to bring one to a lev tov. Excuse me. Where does that a person should know what to respond to an apikiris? Where does that fit in? So just mention. I don't want to go far afield. Just I happen to. Grab. I, I didn't go through the whole piece. Very long, but just initially on this piece, the Maral says just to explain the Mishnah. The Rebbe Lezer is giving Musra la Torah she tachlis Adam, and a person is created Adam la Amel Yulad. He says like never rak la Amel So he 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 speaks about this. 
He says that's why have a shakud lil matira. Just as far as understanding, what does it mean that a person should be shakud or shouldn't be should be diligent to learn taira? The, the way Moral says, shim lo yeh shakud lil matira lo nemra b'zeshah maloi b'taira rak shaloi matira li itois hapnai. The question is almost what's the default, right? In other words, a, a, a person is just you know you could say well, when you're not doing something else is, is Torah one of the activities that you do is it taking up a slot on your calendar or is the default of what I mean, is, you're, you're not thinking about nothing right so if a person Torah is basically you know, I mean Torah is, is Ratzon Hashem Torah is Yisrael Varaisa Kachibrichu we said Torah is the that Histakal Baraisu Bara Alma it's the blueprint of the world Torah is expressions of reality this is the way that you're thinking you know I think I mentioned a few weeks ago even when you think about, when you think about, you know, some of the statements, even in in, in Perkiavis, says that uh, you know there's there's nothing better than shtika, that that uh, you know certain certain principles, certain things that seem to be almost common sense, or when you're you know when you're learning certain pieces of Agadat and Gemara, and it seems to be talking about you know mundane occurrences certain tanoim were on a boat and they were discussing something you know the health advice things in business when we learn it so we're learning it as every word is a word of taira and you know it's tamatora connected kulam and everything is is uh better than all the mitzvahs in the taira but if you think about what you're learning you're actually learning about people that seem to have been engaged in the everyday Right, so the truth is, is that we're, uh, we're uh, not to go far afield, but when we talk about Tyra, if a person would truly be tapped into his neshama, the Gemara says in certain places, why do you need to bring me a raya from the Torah, Mali Kras Svarahu? If a person would really be in touch with his common sense, with his neshama, they'd be in touch with the Chelik Elukami Mal, they'd be in touch with Hakadosh Baruch Hu. So then, you know, it, it really all comes together. There, a Tamil Chacham is a living Tyra. Right, so the question is: Is what, what's your baseline? Is there is is it subjective? There's me. In other words, this is what I choose to think about. Sometimes I'm thinking about work. Sometimes I'm thinking about recreation. And Torah is one of the, it's a more lofty thing. It's one of the things that I think about also in a time slot. But what about when I'm not doing anything else? So then, who chooses what I think about? So either it could be entertainment. Right, but if it's not entertainment, so I'm thinking about something else that's productive. Shokid lomot Taira, the way that the Maral seems to say it, it says if you're if if, if you, Taira is not your baseline, that's just sort of that that's what you come down when you're not in the middle of doing something else. So then you are thinking Taira, right? Now again, what you're thinking in Taira might be how do I approach what's the halacha in a particular circumstance? I don't think it always means that you have to be thinking about. Hold on. Doesn't mean that you always have to think about, you know, Rabbi, you know, Rabbi Shmuel's thirteen drushes in terms of had a darshan a pasuk. You could be thinking about a taira about life advice. You could be thinking about halachas of chosh and mishpat. You could be thinking about halachas of how to spend your time. You know, but once you're engaged in life and you're thinking, you're, you're thinking in Torah. So then, that that that's be'etzem a pure mind. You're living, you're living in Ratzon Hashem. So that's shakad lil matira. That's what he says. The shakut is diligence. That's what it means. The person should be shakut And the morale continues. says, First of all, you have to affirmatively acquire MS. A person also has to remove sheker from the world. We'll explain in a second. The the way I heard Ron Lopiansky explain this, he said, we're not talking, by the way, about actually going to battle with an Apikaris. We're not trying to say that you have to convince the Apikaris what they should think. What it says is that you should know what you're going to respond to an apikairis. So the way that the Maral explains, according to Ravana Lopiansky, the way he spoke this out is why. Because the, the, there, there could be multiple right things. When, when you talk about something that's MS, so then if, if this is MS, then other things are sheker. In other words, if something at its core, its principle, if, if 2 plus 2 is 4, then everything else doesn't have a makom. It's not, that, it's not that there's two different ways to go about something and one is better than the other. When you're dealing with, with, with absolute MS, so there's absolute MS and then there's everything else. And everything else just doesn't have a, a leg to stand on. So he says that if you say, 
listen, there's comparative religion. In other words, I think that Judaism is a very good way to go. Torah comes from God. It definitely gives us a way. We have Bezdin. A person is going to live a good life. This is this is an approach. But I respect your approach also. There's other ways to do it also. And a person could also live a very good... Maybe they could. But, you know, in certain ways, there are different ways to be civil and so forth, right? In other words, the Goyim also have Sheva Mitzvah But that's also part of Torah, the Sheva Mitzvah if a, if a person says, though, that there are multiple approaches, this is the Torah way, and then there's other ways also that are valid, even if they're connected Torah, then as much as you're saying, I believe in the MS, th- there, it leaves places for, it can't, uh, t- Torah can't be 100% MS and true if there's also other alternate approaches that are Kenege Torah. So therefore, the way that he explains it is, When you understand that every other way is fundamentally flawed, so then what's left, what's left is the MS. If other things aren't fundamentally flawed... Then, then that means that the Torah is not a hundred percent in your approach. Shemianiach hasheker ba'olam. The Maral says, "Sovshi hasheker chas v'sholem ha'abedus ha'emes u'mavatlosa." Right? You can't be ninety-nine percent true. Right? Something is either not something that's ninety-nine percent true is just not not truth, or certainly not absolute truth. So, going back to this, he says, "How does a person develop a lev tov where at their heart?" Right. This is like the like the Rabbanu said. This is what moves them. This is what's responsible for their emotions, for their thoughts, for their actions. This is what drives them. Right. A person has to be built that not just intellectually, but literally integrated, full integration with a hundred percent MS. That this is the Torah, such that there's no room, there's no hesitation, there's no room for another approach. Okay. There's no there's no room for other principles of truth. There's the Torah, and then there's there's nothing else. So that's that, that's the way in the Maral says. Have Then he explains also. So what, where does where does the idea of schar fit in? That a person should do loy lishma is going to come to lishma, and why are we even having a discussion of schar? But not not for us now. But in any event. So Revolba comes and says, So the way that we're presenting it over here, I understand why a person has to be shakad lomataira. They have to know the MS. I understand even why a person should know that they're doing it for a Kaddish Baruch Hu and even getting sar, do it at whatever means you have to go to, to bring you, to drive you towards the right source. You could do that also. Where does this mashatash of laapikairis fit in? Okay, in the text. This is a negative, but why do I need that? Why can't I just study affirmatively Torah using whatever uh, whatever motivational techniques I need? I'm standing in front of Hashem and I'm doing it for schar. Why do I need to know how to respond to an apikaris? So the way that we learned the maral that I just sort of inserted over there, it's really because that goes hand in hand with being shakad lomatayra, understanding the truth, goes hand in hand with understanding that everything else is fundamentally flawed. See what he says over here. We have to understand. The issue isn't on Hanhaga that you're supposed to start going to battle with Apikarsim. You have to understand, you have to have a clarity in your Amunah. That even if all of the winds in the world, in other words, even if there are other forces, the winds of change, even if there are other forces in the world, if you're totally anchored, right, if the, if the ship is anchored, the waves, you know, the, the things are coming, whatever. But over here he says, not just that you'll go up and down and be anchored. He says, you're not going to move. If you're anchored, if, if, if you know, you know, there are certain math tricks. I remember when I was in, I don't know, maybe high school or something. You know, sometimes, I guess this was how a math teacher could make themselves look cool, you know. But, but there's certain math tricks. You can go on YouTube and, like, Google them where you can, like, mathematically prove something that's false. Like, you can prove that 0.999 equals 1. You know, certain, certain other math tricks, I don't know, where they're, you know, they're not intuitive because they're actually not wrong. They're, they're not correct, but mathematically you can prove them to be so. Bottom line is, is that if you know the truth, I know that 0.999 does not equal 1 or whatever other math trick that you want to use, then 
all of the arguments in the world, as much as you could structure them to make them seem like they make sense, all of that is fine and good, but I'm not convinced. And even if I can't figure out why exactly I'm not convinced, I understand that what I'm saying is correct. You know what, what the principle of truth is. So this is very interesting. You know, we took, we had a whole chapter, if you look earlier, I think in the second Maracha, about the lave versus the seichel, or the lave versus the moach. So over here he says that it has to be so implanted in the lave, but also the seichel. What's the seichel? The arguments. MS, I could, I could attach into MS, I could feel the MS. Damashatashalapikoris is an intellectual thing. Understanding the arguments of why this is true and that's not, oh, we don't think about those things. It says it has to be also intellectual. The way to really come to a Lev Tov is to have a measure of clarity to 100%. We don't have to start going into deep analysis and philosophical proofs and things like that. At a certain Takufa, the time of the Rishonim, right, this was, this Rosadi going and say from Munas Fideis, right, the Chavis Halavavis, even people that learn sometimes people say not you know people these days we don't necessarily learn the first shar it goes into certain you know intellectual types of proofs uh, you, you know i don't think it's because it's gonna throw somebody off it, it's just not necessarily our avoda now there was a certain time when this was what bothered people this is what threw people off and there was a certain avoda there had to be a response on that level nowadays when we are working towards Amuna, the idea of trying to delve into some sort of a philosophical proof—it's not what bothers us, and it's not what—it's not what's going to keep us. What's going to keep us whole? We'll see that there are certain farm to learn. He's going to say in a second. Without going into this high-level stuff, again, it's interesting. It's a safer. A lot of times, some of these are the sifrei we've shown him, but for for us, at least, this this is what he's talking on this fad. That's just not our avoda, right? I'll give you an example. It's something I remember. One of the, uh, you know, the, the, there's a proof. You can't, I think I've mentioned this here once. You can't say that, you know, if you say a rock, I, I, I can know that the rock didn't last forever. A, a, a rock can't be an infinite thing. Because if it's going to last forever, so then it lasted forever in the beginning. Now, if let's say a, a rock deteriorates, it lasts a million years. So you can't say that it lasted forever ago because forever ago is more than a million years, which means that it wouldn't be here now because it would have already deteriorated by now. That's just not the type of thing that's going to... Well, so now, if that's not infinite, so then what is... And then you're going to go back and forth these like philosophical proofs this doesn't bother us, and it's not what keeps us. It's not what keeps us from. There's no. There's no. That's not the avod of Amuna. So he says that's not. Hasecha bari eno miskasha klal lamod alherchos shakadosh baruchu baras haolam nasan asatarim shemayim v'yavinu alagula. A healthy mind is not bothered and doesn't have to be omitted. These are very dry proofs. If you want, you can even uh, say for Munas Fideus, actually, I don't know, one of these like, I don't know, Yale maybe or Stanford something, one of these like academic presses. That, that's the way it is. If, you, if you're going to say this, there's seven questions. These seven questions, each one of them could have three answers. If you answer this, then you could have these other four questions that would be addressed like that. It, these are like very dry philosophical proofs. And if you remember the entire thing and you knew it by heart, you definitely, you wouldn't necessarily feel warm and fuzzy by the end of it. Right, so he says this is not what we're talking about. However, we can't save. On the other hand, when you say we have a munapshuta and we don't think about these types of things, okay, that's also not the right approach. And it makes sense, also. You know. in life, so anything that you take seriously, you investigate, right? In other words, there's going to be a certain point where you're, where, where I think we mentioned that uh, even Rabbi Nachman of Breslov, I, th- I think in the seventh Torah, says Amuna is built on MS, right? Meaning that that you investigate something to the extent of your abilities and to the to the strength of your abilities, and you get to the point. Let's say in the example of a doctor, where you did your due diligence, he went to the right schools, and he has the right training, and he has the right experience, and he works for the right hospitals, and then he goes and he 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 examined you right, and he asked you all the right questions, and then finally he prescribes to you medicine. At that point, 
can you say I'm not going to take the medicine that this person subscribed to me, prescribed to me, unless I go and I do independent research about why these enzymes make sense? No, because I have the MS. Everything that I figured out in terms of what was responsible at that point, Emuna makes sense. There's a gap. There's that quote unquote leap of faith, but that that is built on MS. If it's just Emuna Pshuta, so then really it's just like there by the grace of God go I. There's no difference between believing in a doctor and believing in somebody you meet in the supermarket who says, oh, I know. A homeopathic remedy, and here's what I'm going to give you. It's a munapshuta. Why does it have to make sense? A is also built on MS, right? Things have to make sense. Now, in everything in life, in every other thing that you would do, you would do your diligence, you would, you would make sense out of it. Amuna can't be different. So on one hand, yes, we're not our job in Amuna is not to sit there and investigate this deep philosophical, analytical type. On the other hand, one second, this microphone. On the other hand, the idea of just saying, well, you know, I know, I, I know that uh, from right now, even if you say that I'm going to base, you know, my Amuna on, and I'm going to say, well, listen, there were 6 million people, 5, 6 million people, whatever there were at Sinai, and it was a national revelation, and they passed it down father to son, and, and, and etc., that's also a rational proof. Validating a transmission is uh, right. Edus, right. Validating a transmission is also something that's perfectly rational. But to just take your seichel out of the process is not reasonable either. So we have to figure out, you know, where where does our seichel belong in this process? We're not going to go through all these things. Right. We're saying what it's not, and we're sort of talking high level about the idea of what we should be doing. But we're not going to go through everything. The truth is, like we mentioned some of the earlier Vadim, this is work that you have to do in a way that speaks to you. This is work that everybody has to go do. So what we're going to do is we're going to give a few Rashi Prakam, a few hints. And everybody should approach it the way that they can. According to their ability. In a straightforward way, if you don't apply seichel and you don't apply machshava, so then at the end of the day, your emuna is, he says, Murfelis, it's like, it's not clear, it's like muddied, muddied, muddied up water, right? And at the end of the day, so, yeah, Baruch Hashem, Hashem, Hashem had, had mercy on you, and he get, put you into a good family, where you, they sent you to good schools, and now you're going to follow along, Baruch Hashem, that you weren't in a different school, with different values, or you weren't in a different family, with different values, you're just kind of doing what you were taught, but as far as your mitzvah of having a muna, as far as your, uh, your validating, and not just having knowledge, but acknowledging, as far as, you know, subscribing to these truths, you didn't, you didn't begin to do that, you're just not Rocking the boat. We're also not going to deal with these like sophisticated types of proofs. In terms of science, right? Sometimes you'll 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 show how the 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 unbelievable the unbelievable things of science who could have created the human eye and this and that we're not worried we're not going to talk about that either the idea of what every single person right the every man amuna right that's a place to start how did avram avinu come to amuna and we spoke in the last Vad about Avram Avinu. I think one of Victor Miller's in the beginning of one of the history of the he has a three volume history set talks about Avram Avinu. And I think Rav Soloveitchik also has I have it on my shelf. I, I, don't, I think I opened it once. I should open it more. Um, but I think he also has a book about um, Avram Avinu, which I'm sure is very good. But uh, but he says. Let's see where Avram Avinu was holding. What, what did he look into the Bria, and what did he see? Right? How can what, what's our model? The world didn't create itself, right? It's like uh, what is it? Uh, Space Odyssey two thousand was that it with the black cube with people? Do you familiar? If you Google it, you know, like like basically people found like a like a black polished cube like on another planet or something. Yeah, monolith. And they said, well, that was enough to convince them that. 
that, that, that human life, that intelligent life was there, like a black cube. Like, you know, that the bar of what it took to say that there was intelligent life was a black cube. And then you look at, like, you know, the Watchmaker's universe and uh, the, the, the Watchmaker, you know, like, uh, no, sorry, I think the, the classic examples, if you found a watch in a desert, you know, then then would you say that uh, lightning must have struck the sand? And you look at how calculated the world is. If, if, if the bar is the black cube shows intelligent life, then look at the, look at the world, right? So it says, okay, If you Google the watch in the, 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 watch in the desert, something like that, clock in the desert, something like that. Okay, The, the Kuzari is a famous, or of Yehuda Levi, it's a famous philosophical work. It's a very good Feldheim English version with notes now. And he says, that, and it's written in the form of a discussion, which is very, very nice. In other words, you're not just giving over information, you're fleshing out the questions and, uh, and answering them, you know, sort of projecting where he's going and what the, you know, probably also reflecting some of the questions at the time, but very linear. It's, it's very, it works out very nicely. There, yeah, dialogue. There is also a version from Rav Yecheskel Sarna, which I, I think was printed also English by Matsuda, which he divided up topically, and it's also translated in English. I've never read it, but I've seen it, um, so, and it's but it, it, it uh, doesn't have the flavor of the back and forth. Okay, so he says the the Tamar Chacham asks the Melech, right? The, you're familiar. The this Melech is investigating religion. He's uh, anyway. Ha'atam. From the intelligence in the world, from an insect to the to the uh, planets. Oh, sorry. Are you attributing the intelligence of even the ant to the planets or to stars? What would be responsible for the intelligence inherent in the world? So the Kuzari says, the Melech says, Nature. What is nature? This is the strength, the, the force. The truth is, I can't really articulate it to you. It's like a common answer you hear when people, you know, I don't know, but real smart people subscribe to this. I'm sure they could answer you. Okay. Whatever they know about science, we know also. Gazroso philosophy, the Aristotle, I guess. This is the force that drives things that, to move. That that's inherent in it and not um, circumstantial to it, right? In other words, if an apple falls, so that's the force of gravity. It's not the force of the apple. In other words, when you have, uh, the sun is hot, that's its nature. It's a, a, a property that's be'etzem. It's a property that's inherent in something and not just circumstantial to it. So when you say that something is the nature of something, So they go through this conversation. There's a dot, dot, dot over there. And the Kuzari ends up saying, so then the truth is, is it's just a game of terms. What you're calling God, they're calling nature, right? In other words, that I'm, I'm, I'm trying to be convinced over here. There's no God. There's only nature. But as he describes nature, so then it really just, that sounds like an intelligent, right, designer. So he says, If you're going to say that the Teva is the intelligent um, payal activating thing, and therefore I could really just do a control find and get rid of the word nature and add in the word bore, add in the word God, and that would work. That's correct. By the way, like we just described, the 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 first shah of Chovas Alavav, certain others farm are really very these like philosophical proofs that become very difficult that are not appealing to you know to most people. So he said, if you want to learn a sefer to strengthen Amuna, learn the Kuzari, which again is available today. It's English, Hebrew notes, the good things, <coughs> except makes it more accessible. However. However, back to back to home base, 
says the word nature is a term that is attractive. The word nature is an attractive word that's ultimately surface deep and it hides the depth of of, of what's uh, what's going on, you know, the, the wonders that, that's going on in the Bria. And this, if you would look at science, right, you would see it's impossible that some general, you know, sort of generic force <coughs> that didn't have like an active intelligence and goal and ambition of of making things you know a, a certain way and run hashkacha protest and if you would ke- calculate this the idea that there's just this generic force of nature rather than saying that there's an intelligent involved creator that has a a tachlis and things are going in a certain direction and orchestrated as such. There's no foolishness then to say that. And ad comma that you want to just use the term nature and you're really just talking about God, so then that's just silliness. Uh, that's just silliness anyway. Nature is a function of one uh, of the properties that Kodesh Baruch Hu put in things. So that is, that is Bria, right? We said that Muna falls into three buckets. So bucket number one, which is creation, is essentially the idea that a person needs to use his Seichel, a person needs to use his Seichel, he can't just rely on just like, you know, this idea of I'm going to blindly subscribe to something, Baruch Hashem, we know the direction that we want to go, but a person has to validate it, we're basing this idea on that the that the fundamental uh, mover behind everything that a person does is in the lave, the way to get to a lave tov, we said from this mission is in addition to the obvious thing about the reason that a person has to know how to respond to an apikairas, a person has to understand MS versus Sheker is because a person has to use his intellect, the way that you use your intellect in every other area of life to understand what's what, a person has to utilize his intellect towards a muna and a very straightforward right, basic, not simplistic but a very straightforward way way, not, you know, with all these complexities and philosophical proofs, to understand that there is an intelligent creator in charge, right, that's, that has an ambition that created the world for a goal, it's orchestrated. The idea of relationship, the idea of Torah and Shemayim, communication, Navi. If God is an intelligent creator, I think there's a book you probably read it in Sal. If you were God, it was based on like Ravari Kaplan giving like I think like classes, like certain chaburas, whatever. But uh, very not not long. I read it years ago. But he says if if an intelligent creator designed the world, created and designed the world so that certain things would be accomplished, so then it, what follows is that. HaKadosh Baruch Hu implanted in the Bria a certain communication to be able that the world should be used towards that end. So that means that this communication whereby the people in the world, whereby the, the focus, the function of the world would be accomplished is the Makabapatish on the Bria. It was created for a purpose in the world and the, and the purpose has to be accomplished. This also you can't refute. There were millions of people there. The Torah talks about it at length. They say that you know God changed the Jewish nation. Whatever other tainas they have, nobody says that it didn't happen. From those older nations, now people say whatever they want to say. I don't know. People say, you know deny the Holocaust and when there are survivors in museums. But Amal, nobody denied this event. I think in the Hakdama, our scroll has translated Sefer Achinach. He discusses this idea um, in the Hakdama also. So we are Saimech on a Mesora from our forefathers. You have six million people, all individually, independently, 
telling this over to their children. Right, everyone's going. Everyone's going over this once a year at the seder, going over the story. Right, every year with the entire family, grandfather to grandson. How many? How many generations were there? Eighty, ninety, back to Matan Torah. Right, in other words, if a generation is is eighty years, so ten generations is you know I don't know like eight hundred years. You know, how many generations? A grandfather to grandchild is it already going all the way back to Matan Torah? If you follow that chain, and every year there's a seder and people are getting together and talking about the fact that right the person who you know the the, the, the where did the chain start at a no place. At what point did people just start lying to their children about this national revelation that everybody knew about, where everybody was collectively gathering together to discuss it and lane, right? It says Bo Maktamashrabainu, there was laning uh, you know, Monday, Thursday and, and Shabbos. And these are these are not uh, proofs that we're exploring now, but the general idea again are that these are things that are intuitive that make sense once you start to think about them. The idea of intelligent creation and the idea, both intuitively, rationally, as well as preserve the idea that there's a masora that, that that that's preserved, which is a very rational thing. That if I could. Baruch who created the Torah with a purpose and an ambition that he set up the world and communicated in order to achieve that goal. Also, the Gula was clarified to us. That all of the Nevi'im gave over, they communicated that the world is waiting for this idea of the world to come to perfection, right? In other words, HaKadosh Baruch Hu could have created a perfect world. World. However, and Baruch wanted to give a, give reward. So Kaddish Baruch Hu gave us the ability. We I think we spoke at last week of Vardam Purim. Kaddish Baruch Hu gave us the the opportunity to be partners in this in this perfection. But ultimately, the world, the Das Funas, he's going to mention Das Funas is really. One of the threads that, that goes through the entire Sefer is this idea that there's in an immediate sense, but that there's also Hanahaga where HaKadosh Baruch Hu is guiding the world towards where it's going to go, right? In other words, we're all doing whatever we do in the bus, but the bus is on its way going to where it's, uh, to where it's going. So he says, the, the, the Nevi'im told us this, and they're all speaking about the... the, the um, the progress, El Shakola Munas Hakidma, Inlan Ubisis Bliamuna, Bidivre Nevi'e Yisrael. So, with all, uh, I think Kidman's progress, Silicola, Muna, Sakidma, Inland, Obesis, Blia, Muna, Bedivre, Nevi'e, Israel, with all these other things, we have uh, Amuna because of the Nevi'im. Vagam Bezep, Pashat Lanu. But the truth is, is that it's also Pashat Kiabore, Shabaro, Lamo, Leeza, Tachas, Kafir, Ritsono, or Kamos, Oso. It doesn't make sense. In other words, HaKadosh Baruch Hu created the world. HaKadosh Baruch Hu created the world for a purpose. At this point in creation, the purpose, at least in a world sense, is not being achieved. Right? We talk about the Shechinan Gullus and, you know, et cetera, et cetera. We spoke about that at length in the Rosh Hashanah Shirim. The world is not... It's wonderful that on an individual level we're going to get Tzachar Einesh, but if HaKadosh Baruch Hu created a Bria, it will not remain indefinitely in this like state of limbo where the world is not reflecting in an actual way, right? HaKadosh Baruch Hu. HaKadosh Baruch Hu gave us a period of time in order to be partners in developing the world towards this ultimate Tikkun. Again, we spoke about this at length in the Rosh Hashanah Shiram. So we have an opportunity to partner in it, but like we said by Mordechai, it's up to you. The train is going out of the station. If you want to be the partner, then there will be Megillus Esther. And if you don't want to be the partner, then you'll be Ploni Almoni. It's up to you. Yeah? If you think about the idea of Tchiyas HaMesim, we're not just using Tchiyas HaMesim as a phrase about Mashiach. If you think about Tchiyas HaMesim, what's our whole avoda? We have the Ruchniyas part of us. We have the Gashmiyas part of us. We want to purify the, the, the guf of us. We believe that the same that a 
Hakadosh Baruch Hu is going to give reward at Kamei that the goof participates, that the goof becomes purified, even though it's physical and ultimately it goes into the ground, but that it will also be around to receive reward, so to speak. And therefore, once the world is rectified so that we're not subject to the physical limitations and conditions that we are now, so the goof will last forever. So the same way, the same way that a seed goes into the ground and disintegrates before it grows into something better, so but we don't view that as an end, that's just preparation for a beginning, is the same way that the body goes into the ground and, and uh, deteriorates. By the way, also the very good Feldheim version, very good notes, very uh, very nice explanation. If that helps, there's also there's also another person that put in Hebrew put out. It's like a very big square volume. So so far. Right, so so far, so far we said again we have our three buckets that we relate to Emuna, based uh, a little bit off of uh, in the beginning we based on off of Mishnah. We said that a person has to achieve intellectual clarity and, uh, and and engagement in the idea that the world was created, that our Kaddish Baruch was created for a purpose, that our Kaddish Baruch has a relationship with us, and that He's guiding the world towards that purpose. And part of that purpose is that we should be partners in creation, and therefore the crowning gem on creation was really Matan Torah, where we, we got the Torah, we got access to this, and that the world at large is, is in any event going to be moving towards this uh, towards this end and towards this tachlis and won't forever stay in a state of limbo. If Hakadosh Baruch who designed the world to get to a certain end, uh, there's not a tzaddik bar shishir yichya. There's not necessarily going to be a time where every single person can be doing what they're doing. So what's going to happen? Ultimately, the world is going to move towards that end. What we said over here is really relatively straightforward. If you have somebody that on their level they're able to go deeper, good. Now let's say a person doesn't even, they're not prepared to go through what we discussed. There is one other idea. A person is able to just embrace with 100% clarity. They're not prepared to think about Seichel, whatever it is. At least, maybe you could say for a kid, 13 year old, 14 year old, I don't know. If a person can just say, I am living the perfect life. And they can just embrace this with 100% clarity and commitment. This is a, a, a simpler level than what we said, even. You go, you go to, you know, the, the any, really, you go anywhere these days, and you look at how other people live, the the, the liberals, the the ones who are progressives, the one who are, uh, I mean, any side of the political fence, but just the idea that people in their advancement, and you look around and you say, We have values, right? We have family structure. We're, we have an anchor. We're, we have continuity, right? Baruch Hashem, that we don't live a shallow life. Right, I'm literally embracing it. I'm thanking Hakadosh Baruch Hu that I have access, that I have the education, that this is my life. It's not. It's not a burden. It's not something that I have to do. There's nothing. There's nothing else that I would rather do. And nothing could convince me otherwise. I'm literally incorporating full integration into the lave. Maybe this taina is more, more makes more of a, an impression, I guess, from everything before. So he says, a person who is going to take this approach has to feel liberated, right? I think I mentioned to you yesterday that I met this guy who works for a Kirvan organization called Ma'ar. His name is Noach something or other. Forget. Really, really enjoyable meeting. And 
he said that one of the things he speaks about, it's not his primary job over there, he has something tech-related, advancement-related, whatever it is, but one of the things that he does is that he speaks to some of the seminary girls, the yeshiva boys, that not to engage in social media going into their year. Why? Because he, one of his previous jobs, I guess, is he worked literally for like Google or some other tech companies, where understanding that the entire job was meant to manipulate people's behavior and content consumption so that they live in the reality that you're designing for them. They're going to buy what you buy, eat what you eat, watch what you watch, and, and do, right? So that 85% of the videos and TikTok videos and this and that that a person watches are the suggested videos so that you want to watch something for five minutes and an hour later you're sitting there like death scrolling down. Everything that big tech decided would basically catch you and the endorphins or whatever other things are released by a 40 to 40 second to two minute TikTok video and it just keeps you going. A person realizes that when they are not engaged in these things, they're liberated. They're a ben Horan. The person that is subject to all this is literally, they're, they're sitting there wanting to gain clarity. They have a year in Israel, whatever else they have, and they're giving up their mind. And then they're overtired during the day. They're sitting there for 45 minutes an hour and they should be going to sleep just to, you know, sort of like, you know, veg out a little bit. And what they're really doing is without knowing it, they're literally giving over all of the impulses and, and they're giving it over to other people that are spending billions of dollars to do this. If a person realizes that the life they have makes them a Ben Chiron, right? This allows them to have actual clarity and not to be pulled in all these directions of nonsense. I'm not saying I, I understand everything, but the Torah is divine wisdom. It's not like there's some random, like, you know, thing telling me to do something that's connected common sense. I guess there are certain things, things I might not necessarily understand. But the Torah is the Seichel Yashar. Ultimately, the Torah is the ticket to real life. And if I don't understand why right now, by the way, the Nasev and Nishma, certainly now it's very easy because you look around and everything else is wacky, right? It's not even like it, it's. So he says, Okay, we can go to the last paragraph. But he says, he, he says uh, gives a, a reference to look in the morale in this idea. I meant to do it, but I didn't. But in other words, Torah is clarity. Torah is purpose. Ad kama that the Torah is MS and the Torah is really the ultimate you know, common sense, then everything else is something other than that. And it's trying to pull you towards something that is not MS. A person who is free from all of these other influences is a Ben Chiron to believe in MS. Now, yes, there's a moon over here. You're, you're going into it and you're, there's certain things I understand. You're understanding that Torah is MS, the Torah is God-given. That when you look at our Gedalim, the Rambam was a brilliant person at the very least. Everyone knows the Rambam was a philosopher. Well, what, are you, what did you think? You came up and you had a question that the Rambam didn't think of, right? In other words, the the, the things were thought out, they were fleshed out with clarity, and it's there. You, you, you have to take a step back and be able to learn about it. I think I mentioned one time just one anecdote. Um, I forgot his name, Robert Wallace, the CEO of Arachim, that book, The Incredible. So one of the things he mentioned when he was coming from, he wore, or before he became from, he went on a Shabbaton and he ended up learning like in some Gemara class, people said Gemara, somebody told him to sit down and they were learning Gemara and he had a couple of questions and people, you know, he said like, you know, he, I guess, thought that if you're learning Gemara, so like, eh, they're just sort of like shoving it down your throat, like, what are you even talking about? Like, yeah. and he, you know, the person was learning and he asked a question and he saw that there's Rashi on the side and Tosfus on the side and there's commentaries and super commentaries and Sfarim that are written on the Gemara and on the commentaries, super commentaries. And it's just like, what are the odds that I'm going to ask you a question that's never been asked? So he said, the person who was saying Gemara said, it's possible, but if you think about the amount, there's, you know, how many Daphne and Gemara? There's, uh, you know, 2,700 or so Daphne and Gemara. If you think about the amount of Daphne and Gemara and the amount of people and uh, writings and people who were learning and exponentially and building on the writings and building on the writings on the writings and discussion happened. He said the chance that you're going to come up with something that's just never been thought about and like collapses the whole thing, you know, it's over. He says it's, it's, it's pretty, statistically, it's pretty low. And he said he was like tremendously turned on by this. In other words, that like, 
like he was he was he was going down a path that was forged and he was finding something that was like he was getting truths that were like 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 litigated that were discovered and litigated and litigated again and litigated again and again and he said that this was very it wasn't like just like this antiquated thing that nobody thought about and it was like brainwashed he saw that there were that there were people at the Shabbaton fighting over the Gemara and asking questions and answering questions and it, and it wasn't nothing was taken for granted and the questions were promoted right so so he said, okay, so he says, at the very least, even if you get to this point, besides for the buckets of Amuna that we discussed before, if at the very least you can know for a fact that by following Torah, you're following something that is the ultimate in godly, yasha, divine, common sense, so to speak, you will live the best life in a way that you can achieve utter clarity in something that's open to you, that makes you not subject to other things that are Ba'etzim Sheker, and you will live as a Ben Chayrin, the ultimate Ben Chayrin. You're free to accomplish purpose, not subject to other influence that's controlled by whatever else it's controlled by. And we're not even talking over here about like, you know, the philosophical that God created the world. This is the mitzvah of Amunah. Right? Not again, not just knowledge, it's acknowledging, it's integrating. You have to come to an absolute Acknowledgement. If people abducted you who had a fiery hatred against religion, and they wanted to bring you over to their side. They saw you daven, they made fun of you. You kept Shabbos, they made fun of you. You you didn't want to eat trefus, and they would starve you. And day after day, for many years, how long would you Keep it before you gave in. If you would waver, and I don't think it means because of suffering or whatever. I think it means like if at some point, like, you know, you could break down and waver and say, you know what, maybe two plus two is not four. You know, maybe if they could break you down, then that means that there's something in terms of your commitment Right? I don't care what they do to you. Let's say they would try to convince you. You know something? This is all a dream. You're actually a, you're a horse. You just think you're a human being. You're actually a horse. I, I, I would wager to say that unless you're in a crate, like there's nothing that anybody could tell you that would actually get you to start having self-doubt that maybe you're really a horse. Right? If you really know, I mean, a stupid example, but if you really know something... <laughs> That's what, that's what happens at 12:15 in the morning. If you really if you really know something with utmost clarity then you're not going to waver no matter what. You should have such clarity that at some point they would come to your side of the fence. There's nothing, no amount of time that can get you to come over. Here's the Vad. Make a list of things that you subscribe to that you believe that you should make a list of the things that you subscribe to and come to a clarity in those truths so that instead of you know now it's easy like you know when you're when you're sitting in peace so that there was there would be nothing in the world that could possibly move you from them